Johnny, I'm going to take my myelin out for a walk. Be right back. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, a certified life coach who helps teens build self-confidence, develop social skills, and achieve their goals, or what I call becoming the hero of their own story. Hey, everybody. The developers of my app, Sidekick to Hero, are working on the next kind of iteration of the, the app, and it's, it's exciting, and it's going to change some stuff in the checkout, which I'm excited about, but how it's applicable to you is this. When that update is ready, the launch special will end, and the price will be going up. Right now, you can get an annual subscription for just $180 a year. And if you sign up now, you're going to have that for life. I will never raise the price on you if you come in and get it right now. $180 a year for everything that is in this app is redonkulous. There are weekly live streams where teens can chat with each other and me as I teach them a powerful uh, tool or concept. There are replays. There's opportunities to get free coaching with me. This podcast without any of the ads or anything is in there that teens can listen to and get experience points and coins for. This is the best, most funnest way that a teen can get mental resilience training. So go to sidekicktohero.com right now. It's only available on desktop computers and not currently available on Safari, but that's one of the things they're fixing. All right, so go there right now and sign your team up. You get a two-week free trial. You got nothing to lose. Sign up, try it out. If your team doesn't love it, you can just cancel, but I have a feeling they're going to love it because it's freaking awesome. So go to sidekicktohero.com right now to sign up. And now episode 129, Deep Practice. Hey, Bob, looks like you're out taking your myelin for a walk too, huh? Oh yeah, Sam. Gotta keep them nice and healthy, am I right? Whoa, your myelin is quite the beast. He makes mine seem so small and scrawny. What do you feed him? Oh, he's on a strict diet. I only feed him one brand of myelin chow. What is it? It's called deep practice. It's fortified with repetition, fast-acting, mistake-fixing, and zones of proximal development. It's also the only myelin chow cut up into chunks for easy digestion. My myelin has never been happier. Or more ripped. Your myelin just ate my myelin! (laughs) Yeah, he does that. Apparently, deep practice myelin chow isn't the only thing he likes to eat. (laughs) Deep practice myelin chow available at a pet store near you. Ah, they don't make commercials like they used to, huh? All right. This episode is an extension of last week's episode. Last week's episode, I talked about deep practice, but I wanted to give more time 
to it because it's really important. And I also have some use case scenarios because last week in Sidekick to Hero, during our weekly live stream, our hero training room, a bunch of teens told me what they are going to be working on this month as we go through our monthly theme, which is getting better at anything. And so I got a list of things that teens want to get better on. Uh, or get better at. So I'm going to be going through each one of those and showing examples of what deep practice looks like for each one of those examples. Now, remember, myelin is white fatty substance in our brain that wraps the axons. Axons are the pathways from one neuron to the next neuron. And in order for you to do anything, your brain has to fire electrons from one neuron to the other neuron down those axons. The thicker the myelin is around the axon, the faster and more efficiently the electron will travel. And the faster and more efficiently it travels, the more talented you are in that thing, whatever that uh, electron firing is attached to. It's an action. It could be a, a thought, a movement, things like that. So let's get into uh, what deep practice is just again, if, if you listened last week, this will be a recap, but I just want to go over that for those who maybe missed last week. Deep practice really answers the how hard, how fast, and how much the practice needs to involve. So for example, when you practice, how hard should what you are practicing be? So if you've if you're learning the piano and you've mastered the basics, playing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star is not going to help you very much. But also playing Beethoven's Fifth Symphony uh, also won't help. You'll just be miserable. So that's why you got to practice right in the sweet spot. In education, we call this the zone of proximal development, which is that area that it's, it's more than you can do, but not so much that you can't do it. Uh, it pushes you just enough. So when you do deep practice, it needs to be in that place where you're making mistakes. Because if you don't make mistakes, there's nothing to fix. And if you don't fix anything, that myelin won't get stronger. So that second question, how fast should I practice? Well, that means not... Uh, it doesn't mean like, oh, should I just practice for 30 minutes a day or 20 minutes a day? How fast is, well, how fast should I expect to go? Like how quickly should I be moving on in my practice from one task to the next? And the answer is not very fast. We always want to learn faster than we actually can. And when we don't, we get frustrated. So slow down. That's actually how myelin grows the best, when you practice slow. Daniel Coyle, the author of the book, The Talent Code, he said, you got to repeat the same thing over and over again. Make mistakes and then stop immediately and fix the mistakes. That's how myelin forms. If you're practicing chess and you make a mistake and you, and you just finish the game and go, oh, I'll, I'll address that next time then that's not the most efficient way to grow your myelin. He says you stop the game, you fix it now, and you start over. Or you do that move over at least and repeat it again and again and again. 
So if, if practicing is like feeding your myelin, then repetition, making mistakes and fixing those mistakes immediately is like a lobster and steak dinner or like fortified puppy chow. So your brain may be thinking, well, Joey, if, if I have to stop and fix all mistakes, I'm never going to make it through the thing that I'm practicing. If I have to stop and fix my mistakes all the time. Well, that's, that leads us to the final question. How much of the thing should I be practicing? Again, it's not 30 minutes, an hour a day. That's up to you. When it comes to how much of the thing you should be practicing, the answer is small chunks. And I talked about this last week. You want to chunk it up into little uh, pieces, and that makes it easier for you to spot the mistakes and then fix them. All right. So now, what does this all look like together? Well, last week when I asked the teens in the hero training room, what are you guys working on? Like, what do you want to get better at? They gave me a great list of things. So I'm going to take those things and I'm going to show you guys what deep practice would look like for each one of those things. So the first thing was playing the organ, all right? There's one teen who wants to learn how to play the organ. So this teen can play the organ at church. I assume, I mean, I, I don't know when, what other place you would play the organ at, but wants to play the organ at church if it's ever needed. That's great. So deep practice would look like going to, you know, like sitting down at the organ and playing a song that you don't know that well, or, or it's a little bit above your skill level, just, I mean, just slightly, not so crazy where it has all these flats or sharps or anything. And let, let's say she, she picks the song or, or he picks the song, The Spirit of God. Right? It's a great song in my church's hymn book. I love it. It's, it's a powerful ballad on the organ. And uh, you would sit down and play maybe just the first four to eight measures, just over and over and over again. And whenever you would make a mistake, you wouldn't finish the eight measures. You would stop and go, wait, hold on. What is that? You know, and then get really get that down and then keep going. And you would practice and practice and practice that over and over and over again. Uh, and that would be one practice session, just really getting down those eight measures. Remember, you got to be patient. Your brain's going to want to do the whole song, but this is deep practice. This is actually going to help you be better at the rest of the song. Trust me. So uh, another um, talent that a teen wanted to develop was playing the cello. Again, very similar to playing the organ, but maybe you would pick something like box cello suite number one, that prelude. Uh, It's a very classical cello piece. If you've never heard of it before, Google it. And you'll say, oh yeah, I've totally heard that. It's used in movies and uh, TV shows all over the place. You would sit down with your cello for a period of time and you would just practice maybe the first phase or line. I I don't play the cello, so I I don't know what they call that. I, I assume it's also measures like playing the piano or the organ, but you would practice that over and over and over again, just that small bit. Whenever you make a mistake, stop and you would go back to fix it. A couple teens said that they want to increase their chess ranking, which is awesome. I didn't even know there were there was ranking, but uh, there's there's apparently chess scores, and they want to improve that. So deep practice when it came to chess would be sitting down and practicing, like I mentioned already, um, just the opening moves. You would just 
start your like your opening game or the uh, the start game. I guess the end game is called the end game. I assume the start of the game is called the start game. You would just practice that over and over and over again. Uh, I know in chess there are many different ways to start, so you would practice just those and practice against a computer. I imagine would be would be the best way to practice, or maybe against another individual, but. Doing different opening moves, just the first eight to 10 moves, and then stopping, resetting, and starting again. And practice all the ones you've learned and the ones that you haven't tried yet. So you're in that zone of proximal development to, and really challenge yourself. Uh, another teen wanted to improve his fielding in baseball. So that's already pretty chunked, but you can even chunk it more. So rather than just practicing all fielding, you can practice catching a grounder and throwing it to first base. And you would just do that over and over and over again, just grounders to first base. In sports, people in sports really get deep practice. So if you're on, if you're on a team, chances are your coach is already having you do some form of deep practice. Now, hopefully there's a focus on immediately fixing any mistakes that are made. And now hopefully that you know this, if you have a coach that's always getting after you to immediately fix a mistake, hopefully now you don't get as mad at them as you used to. Acting. There are a couple of teens who are like, oh yeah, act, dance, et cetera, right? Anything on the stage. This one people tend to think is a little harder and also is a little more, oh, you're just born with it kind of a thing. I, I used to think that, you know, some people are just good actors, some people aren't. However, whether that's true or not, there is practice or deep practice that one can do to get better. Even good actors engage in deep practice to get better at their, their, uh, their art form. So if you're acting, practice one piece of a monologue and one emotion. I did this in high school uh, on accident. I didn't know about deep practice at the time, but I remember uh, I, I was really good at comedy, but the play that spring was um, The Crucible, which is not a comedy in the slightest. And I wanted to be the main character. I wanted to be John Proctor in The Crucible. And at the end of the play, there's this very intense scene, very dramatic, where he screams, because it is my name, right? And it's, it's a very big moment. And I had never really screamed like that believably. And I remember driving and thinking, I need to practice screaming. <laughs> and I practiced screaming in the car a bunch. And it was weird at first. And I wasn't very good. And I'd stop and I said, no, that didn't sound right. And I, I screamed again until I got really, really good at screaming, uh, just screaming out that line. And then when I auditioned, I nailed it. And I, I think uh, I, I did a more powerful presentation of screaming that emotion out than any of the other people who auditioned. I got the role. I was John Proctor in The Crucible. And I remember every time during the performance, when I got to that point and I screamed out that line, because it is my name, everything got quiet in the whole theater and you can hear a pin drop and the emotion was just palpable. That was because I deep practiced that over and over and over again. And 
the neurons in my brain and those axon pathways were covered in thick myelin. Uh, myelin. My brain and my muscles knew exactly what to do because I'd practiced it a bunch. All right. Uh, the next thing a teen said he wanted to practice was being bored less. Being bored and any other type of emotion can also be deep practiced. That is the coolest thing ever. You should be like, oh my goodness, what? I can practice emotions? Yes, you can practice being less bored. Now, I mean, there's two ways to practice being less bored. One is coming up with actions you can do. And then that would be, all right, practice just filling 30 minutes of your time on a Saturday with something worthwhile. Cool. But I kind of want to lean more into practicing the emotion. Remember, I want you guys to allow all unpleasant emotions. I don't, want you to, I don't want you to avoid, resist, or react to them. I want you just to allow them to be there without you reacting in a way that you don't want to. So practice feeling emotions. This might be something you have to do when the emotion strikes you. I mean, I guess you could sit down and go, okay, I'm going to practice feeling embarrassed right now. Let me make myself embarrassed. Uh, I would just say practice it when it comes up. And sit down and practice just, I'm just going to practice feeling embarrassed right now and practice that. It's so powerful to practice feeling those emotions. Myelin will form in those areas of your brain where you're really good at feeling that emotion without reacting to it. You know, punching somebody or quitting the, the team because you're just, you can't handle the stress of it all, right? Or, or going to play YouTube or, or play YouTube, watch YouTube, play video games so you can avoid the emotion. Just sit there and practice maybe for five or 10 minutes. Practice feeling that emotion. Build up that myelin around your emotion, uh, emotion muscles. Also thinking. If you are a negative thinker, then practicing positive thinking is so important. You can deep practice positive thinking. Set a time. And think more positive thoughts than you're used to thinking. Get in that zone of proximal development. And whenever your brain starts going, yeah, no, but it's not going to be that good. You know, like, oh yeah, this date that weekend or asking that guy out or whatever, you know, um, isn't going to go that well. That's a mistake, quote unquote mistake, because the thing we're practicing is positive thinking and you would stop and you would rewrite that thought right then and there and then keep going. Deep practicing positive thinking is powerful and is so cool. So I want you starting now to deep practice. I want, I want you to deep practice everything. The secret for an awesome life is if you want to get really good at absolutely anything, then you need to grow your myelin. And if you want to grow your myelin, the fastest, you need to deep practice. Remember the answers to the three questions. How hard do you practice? You practice just hard enough in the zone of proximal development so you can start making mistakes. How fast do you practice? Slow enough to repeat it over and over again and fix the mistakes right away. How much of the thing do you practice? small chunks. Get really good at one chunk and then move on to the next chunk. That is deep practice. 
and your myelin will feast upon it and become so thick that the electrons in your brain will be firing super fast and your myelin will just be super duper buff and ripped and your myelin will just eat other people's myelin for breakfast. Teens, do you want to be more confident? Do you want to be better at talking to others? Do you want to finally start working out or staying ahead of your schoolwork? Then you gotta switch into hero mode. And the best way to do that is to join my brand new gamified mindset training program just for teens, Sidekick to Hero. It's like YouTube and video games had a baby, but that baby doesn't waste your time. It helps you become happier and more successful in your real life. It's available now on desktop only at SidekickToHero.com. Go grab a parent and start your two-week free trial today.